Blog Talk Radio. Well, praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Angela Payton from Grace Through Faith Worship Center wishing you a happy, happy Saturday. We made it through the week, praise the Lord, and we are victorious in him. Amen. So this is our uh, Saturday. Every Saturday we're having intercessory prayer. I've kind of straddled the time depending on um, just what's going on with me, but between 9 or either 10 we'll have Bible study. It won't be earlier than 9 a.m. Amen. And so just check out for the times on the Facebook and just get your get your coffee and get your Bible and get your uh, uh, pen and just enjoy uh, the time that we have together on intercessory prayer. So uh, the Lord had really put it on my heart is to talk about uh, today um, and my format for those who are just joining is I want to teach a little bit. And I do want to pray, but our foundation of prayer should be based on the word and based on the wisdom that God is, that God gives us. Amen. And so we want to know that you are, are, are rooted and grounded in the word of God, because if, when we pray God's words, uh, his words have life. Amen. And so we want to pray the life of God's word. Today, so many people are just totally discouraged uh, with the with things that are going on in our world, in your own personal world, your finances, your situations. And God says to us in His Word, when it comes to the area of finances and specifically businesses, is in His Word He says everything is yes and amen. What it means is that He ha- He is for you. He is not against you. When you are coming up against uh, circumstances that don't line up with the word of God, you need to nullify that. You need to take authority in your mouth. It says, so as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So many of us are thinking we're not good enough, we don't measure up. You've been in this world for 40, 50, 60 years, and you haven't seen seen the fruition of it. But the Lord encouraged me to say that if you don't quit, you win. If you don't quit on your dreams, on your hopes, you you will be victorious. And the Lord also told me that uh, just in my own private time with him is that what the enemy wants us to do is to quit. You may have a difficult child you're dealing with. You may be dealing with a difficult boss or a manager. You may be dealing with a difficult health issue. But if we don't quit, we win. See, the enemy knows if he gets you off of the word, if he gets your eyes off of Jesus, then you start to do what? You start to veer in his direction. You start to agree with the situation, the physical state of something. You know, I've noticed that when I was very young and we were doing arts and crafts, it's amazing. The reason why I love arts and crafts is that it starts out one way and it ends up something else. You know, I may start off with a paper and pen, and then I have a mosaic. It's creative. God is in the process of doing some creative miracles with you. So you can't just look at your situation and circumstances saying, well, that's what they said I have in the bank account. You have to tell that bank account that there's million dollars in the bank. You've given me wisdom on how to get it. You you said that in your word that you will give us wealth to what? To progress 
your kingdom. And I would say that as you learn how to progress you, you're progressing his kingdom. If you're learning how to study the word and get the root God's word on the inside of you, God will show up and show up strong. You know, God is in into you. He is personally interested in, in your personal development. Nobody else may not care if you be successful, but God cares that you're successful. He cares so much that he died on the cross that he said, I'm not wanting anyone to die. And he and put your name in there. He says, I'm not wanting Angela to die in her sins and her trespasses and, and all of her faults. I care for her. Do you understand today that beyond your fault, beyond some, when you have a fault, it's something that you do repetitively. It's not something that you do once or twice. It's something that you know it's just faulty. It's just like seeing, um, uh, like, uh, like um, I'm having issues with my tire. It's a faultiness in this tire that's going on. So I'm having to uh, repair it, put air in it constantly. But you know what? God, just like us. In, in those scenarios, he's saying, you know what, she has this thing that she just keeps doing over and over and over again. She just can't get it. Or he has this thing where he just he just not getting it. But he doesn't dismiss us. He is always faithful and loving towards us. He's saying, I'm going alongside you, and I'm going to perfect you. And that scripture says he will perfect the things that concern us, those things that concern you that you just don't get. You know, sometimes it's math. You just don't get it. God's saying, I'm perfecting you, whatever that may be, in your economics, in your in your checkbook. God's saying, I'm perfecting you. And so, Father, I thank you for those right now that just, you know, you just need encouragement today. I'm encouraging you. You are awesome. You are brilliant. You are what God called you to be. Some people have never heard that you are awesome. Nobody ever told them that they're just awesome. I got this word this week of called being brilliant. I love the word. You are brilliant. You know what? There's no one else on the planet exactly like you. And you may wonder to yourself because so many people have told you or didn't tell you. Sometimes it's not that they told you bad things about yourself, but they just didn't tell you good things about yourself. The same equation that God loves you. He do he really does love you. And that should mean something to you. The God of the universe, that's what we learned in Ephesians, and we're gonna we're gonna be learning more about that this week, about God choosing you. See, there's a lot that goes on in the choosing just by choice. First of all, you have the authority to choose. Think about that. You can choose not to or you can choose to do something. Amen. You can choose not to do something or you can choose to do something. Okay? Number two, you can, by choice, receive what God is saying to you. Or you cannot receive it. But there's benefits when we submit ourselves to the word of God. So what God is saying I'm getting back back to my um my point here. God chose you, but he didn't have to, but he did out of what sheer love for you, out of the value he saw in you, 
and you are valuable to the Lord. You are valuable to him, and you need to put him in his rightful place. So many people put their wife or their husband or their dog or their cat, or they put that as their number one. If this person loves me, then the world is right with me. No, you need to understand if God loves you, then the world will revolve around that word, and then everything else falls in line with that, or not. But you understand that he is the focal point of your life. He is the beginning of your life and the end of your life. Father, I thank you right now for those who are listening on the line. I pray that they understand that they were chosen by the Almighty. They were chosen by God. They were chosen by a per- by Jesus Christ, God Almighty, who created heaven and earth. He created the moon. He created the sun, and you need to need to park it there. If God created the sun and then in the same breath says that I wish that you would not perish, that you would not perish, and I came and I died for you, you just need to, some of you need to meditate on that, that you are of great value. I'm, I'm speaking to somebody on the line. I believe that what has happened in your life is that people have, not only dismissed you, but made you feel unvalued. And what the word does, it brings hope to our very soul and our psyche that says that you are better than that. I love you. And then you are able to receive it. And some of you have been wounded by parenthood, by bad parents, or lack of parenting that caused you to reject the word of God in that area, and it's a a fortress. You know what a fortress is? It's like walls that are bricks all up along your heart that won't even allow you to truly receive the love of God. And it's a thing that is very cunning because you can work for the Lord. You can work to sun up to sundown to try to get to gain God's acceptance. But when you just wallow, when you just bask in his love, that's a different story. And a lot of churches don't teach people to receive and to acknowledge his word, his his love for them. There's these these walls of religion that that I just need to to do more to be accepted by him. And that is a fault, faulty thinking. We just need to be and bask in his love and know that he loves us and he's not rejecting you. People may reject you. People may say, well, if you don't do this, then I won't do that. And what happens is if we create our world around that, then we become unstable in all of our ways. You're here today and gone tomorrow, you're up and down, you're all around, but God wants us to be stable, matured Christians. And the only way you're going to do that is to walk in his goodness and his mercy and understand what the scripture means and then receive it into your heart. Say, Lord, I'm having a hard time receiving your love for me. Father, I pray for the the people on the line that they learn to receive your love, 
to be a true son and a daughter with no performance, don't need to do anything, don't need to 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 be active in doing church ministry. I just need to know that I'm loved by you, Lord God, and that I receive that love. See, some of us, they, we've heard it, but we've never truly received God's love. And what it does, it will cause you to reject God, and you're not even knowing that you're rejecting the word of God. You're not allowing to penetrate your soul, your psyche, your heart, because when it does, you'll be a lover of other people. It'll be easier for you to love others because you have accepted the love of Christ for yourself. And so many times I find so many people who are truly religious folks, really religious now, they will serve, they will do whatever, but they're not close and intimate with God because they've never allowed God into those walls of rejection that they felt, even as a young child. And and it's harsh and it's hard and you can't penetrate that. But you have to allow God to come into that world and be vulnerable where God wants you to be vulnerable so that you can really pour out the love of God. I see so many Christians they they they, they do the they do the acting thing but they don't really do the loving thing. They don't allow God to really love on them and receive his love, and just be in his love. And God's doing all kinds of things. He's showing all kinds of ways that he's in love with you, and you're not being able to receive that love. It's a difficult, difficult thing. And so, Father, I pray for the hardness of heart. Some people may not even know their heart is hard towards you and the love that you have for them. But I pray, Lord God, that they will just bow their head and humble themselves and just say, Lord, I don't want to be like that. Lord, if I'm wrong, I want to say I'm wrong. I don't want to defend myself, Lord God. I want to love you, and I want you to love me. And I want to open up and heal in that area so that the love of God is poured in me and is pouring out of me. And I'm not exercising in religion. Religion masks itself as really understanding the love of God, but it really doesn't because it's it's busy wanting to do all the time. And God doesn't want us to be doers. He just wants us to be beers. And to be a beer, you're going to have to know and receive and and, and be consumed by God's love. So much so that that's all that comes out of you in a very genuine way real way. So you can tell when people love the Lord because it just oozes it out. They love other people and people can receive it and so it's it's a for real thing. Amen. So Father, I just pray that that that's wisdom from the Lord. I just pray right now for the hardness of heart. The hardness of heart. Where people just put up these walls of confusion and where they really hadn't allowed people in. They're scared of, to allow someone into their heart because they hadn't allowed you into their heart. They haven't really allowed you to love them, and they're not secure in that love. And so them not being secure in that love causes them to build up bridges and walls and 
and they can't really receive from anyone else. Lord, we just pray for that woundedness. We pray for the healing of the heart and the mind and the soul, that you will touch them in a mighty way. Now, you know all the wounds of the heart, Lord God, but you said that you came to heal us, Father. And it's from the inside out, Lord God. I just pray for that right now. I pray for that. I pray for all the woundedness, all the words that were said, all the words that were not said that you felt should have been said. And we just praise you and exalt you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So one of the things that we had just talked about and was trying to comprehend in Ephesians was being chosen. You know, some people, like I said, have been rejected. Even at a young age, they were rejected. In the womb, they were rejected. And so um, to understand that God chose you and put that and put that in supreme, uh, you know, put that and make that important to you is very important. And when you've been beat down and people have said bad things about you, sometimes you, you it's going God's going to have to heal your heart. But God says that he chose you, and that should mean something to you. Amen. And then God says that he predestined you, predestined us. You know, that God had a plan for you. He just didn't wake up in the morning and say, oh, let me just create some human beings. He really thought about you. He planned it out. Wow. He was thoughtful. You ever seen people who just, they are people of detail? They don't, I mean, they don't, they're looking for all the things that's going to make your life grand. They they sit there and they meditate and they say, well, I'm going to make this day a very special day for this person because I know that they're looking for this and this and this. And they're uh, people of detail. And God is like that. He predestined us. He, he, he is a God of detail. And he decided that he would adopt us back into our children to be. And, and, what, I'm, and what God's saying, uh, being adopted is being legal. See, it's a different than having a child and they're not legal, but they're legally your child as if you were born um, from their loins in, in, in originally. And so that's important to know because a lot of people say adoption like you're a second-hand, second-hand child. But to be adopted is, is that you're legal. Legally, we are his son and daughter's. We are always his son and daughters from the heart, but sin separated us from that. And then he created a legal transaction through Jesus Christ. Wow, that's awesome. Isn't that? That's revelation. A legal transaction that forever calls us his sons and daughters. It's like when you go to court, they say if they're adopted, it's as if it was blood. As if it was blood, a blood child. If it's adopted, they get the same rights and privileges as if they were your own. So uh, from 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 uh, from uh, birth. But in this transaction here, when God's saying He adopted us as children, it, it's talking about the sin situation. But we are His sons and daughters for real. It's not, uh, you know, Jesus' blood flows through our veins. We don't have to feel like we're second-hand children. We are adopted. We are one with Jesus, and we are his legal children. Amen? We get the same privileges and rights. So we don't feel like sin should not lord over you. There shouldn't be any condemnation. 
We are free in Jesus. Amen. We should not be condemned. He took he t- he took care of that. He took care of the guilt. He took care of the shame. He took care of all of that. Jesus took care of that. And so we need to understand that through him we are predestined for greatness. You're predestined for greatness. Oh, he he gets excited. It's just like having a child. You get so excited when they're doing just wonderful things, and you're just so excited, you're so proud. He's a proud papa of you in the good times and the bad times, amen, because he's a father, and he wants good things for you. He chose you from the beginning. He predestined us to be with him. Isn't that awesome? And then he made us accepted. You're already accepted. People may reject you. People may not never understand you, but God does. He crafted you. He made you. He fashioned you. And he accepted you, just like you are. Isn't that, that's refreshing. You don't need to go in his presence and change anything. He's not going around looking to pick a fight with you. He's not looking to call all your laundry list of faults and things you don't do right. He just loves you. He accepts you. That's what's called being accepted. No change is required. Amen? And so God goes uh, a step further and lets you know that you're accepted. You're not rejected. You know, when I was growing up, we used to have these teams. And so, you, you know, we baseball team and softball team, because I was a softball, Lord have mercy, I was always the last one to be picked to get on the team. Now, this may be news for some of you. Of course, I couldn't play that well either, so that didn't help. But, you know, I, I, I was always just fidgety and just like, oh, Lord, I hate this time of year with a softball year because I know softball season because I know I'm going to be the last one picked. And, in fact, they're going to talk about the fact that they have to throw a ball to a softball. Now, so some of y'all might say, "Oh, she's sensitive. Oh, she got she got internal injuries. Well, look, you know, you know, issues. No, I had no issues. The fact was, I was not picked on the team, and and so, but I'm saying that to say is that sometimes we go through areas of rejection in our lives, and we don't know how it impacts us. But I had to get over that because I couldn't change the fact that I was softball. I couldn't change the fact that I was left-handed. They had to figure out how to. Uh, to throw the ball to me. But the interesting thing about that was one day I got out there and I had practiced and just just doing really good, and they noticed that if they threw the ball, stopped complaining about it, I would throw the ball out of the park every time. I, I focused on hitting a home run, and I had a whole lot of instances where I didn't. But I one day kicked that ball out of the park, and it was like, woo, everybody wanted me on the team then. We won a softball because guess what? Having a softball on the team and somebody that couldn't throw to them for the opposite team, it was a disadvantage for them. So I was I started to be an advantage for, for, for the teams because I did eventually learn how to kick that ball, hit that ball out of the park every time. So God is faithful. I'm saying that to say is that <coughs> God's not like that. He doesn't. He's not based on performance. He's He's accepting us just like we are. Is He going to let you stay how you are? No. 
but he's not going to hammer you or just make you feel miserable because of who you are, because he created you. He knows you inside and out. So number four thing you need to remember is God is accepting of you. So what that means is it's inviting. You don't have to feel uncomfortable. Matter of fact, you feel right at home with the Lord. Religion will have you not to feel right with the Lord. So you have to understand a religious spirit or people who have who are just religious trying to work their way to Jesus um, in churches. You just accept people how they are. You just love on them, and that's what God that that's what God does. And then finally, God said He redeemed us. He redeemed you. He redeemed you. He took the initiative to redeem you. Again, it talks about how valuable God sees you. How valuable God sees you. Amen. You are invaluable to the Lord. So much so that He took it upon Himself to redeem you. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Lord, we thank you right now for your redemption. We thank you for your acceptance. We thank you that you predestined, you have a plan for my life. I thank you, Lord God, that above all, I know that I am forever chosen by you. And that's nothing that the enemy or anyone else could say that can make me feel bad about myself because you put the, uh, that you put these things in place. And that I believe them, Lord God. I pray for everyone that's on the phone, that those who are listening later on, that God chose you. He really did. And you need to accept that and receive it. That he planned you out. He He predestined. He, had, he has great things for you in store. He is so excited about you being here on this earth. He's so excited that you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. He is so excited that you are his son and daughter. You are accepted by him. He enjoys your friendship. He enjoys your company. You're redeemed by him. He felt you were that valuable, like a precious stone that's lost, that he went after you. And he redeemed you. And it didn't matter that it took centuries, years, months, days, decades to redeem you. He saw you and he said yes. Amen. He is abounding towards you. He's there providing all types of wisdom. He wants to give you prudence. He wants to give you the ability to to be wise in all of your dealings. He wants to make known to you his will. He doesn't want to keep any secrets from you. He wants you to be his friend. And uh, and lastly, uh, it's two more. He gives us an inheritance, and he has sealed us with his spirit. 
He sealed us with his spirit. And sealed means you can't just tear it up and rip it apart. It's security. It's, it's being secure and safe and home and not anything else other than that. That's what sealed means. It's shut. You can't open it back up. See, the enemy wants to open it. Well, you did this. You're in sin. You can't. Condemnation refutes sealed mentality. People bring it up your past refutes the sealed mentality. When it's sealed, it's shut. It cannot be opened. It cannot be unjarred. It is a finished work. So when we think about sealed, we think about something being complete. We think about something being finished. We are not in the insecurity mode when we talk about something sealed. It is a done deal. Jesus wants us to know, and just in Ephesians, the the first chapter, uh, what's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight major thoughts and messages that He wants to leave with us. Message number one: You're chosen. Message number two: You're predestined for greatness. Message number three, you've been accepted. No no need to change anything. He's in the Holy Spirit will transform you, but he's not expecting you to change on your own or without any assistance from him. See in the scripture he says that I I I have that you don't need another man to teach you. He said, I'm going to take the initiative to teach you. Amen. Then he tells us he's redeemed. That's the message in Ephesians first chapter. We're we're redeemed. We're to be abounding towards us in all wisdom. He's providing constantly, daily wisdom to us and prudence, skill in wisdom. Prudence is being skillful in wisdom, knowing how to use uh, uh, something skillfully. Uh, he's going to make known to us his will. Amen. He's going to give us an inheritance, and he has sealed us with all spiritual blessings. Amen? He sealed us with his spirit. Amen? So we can trust him. We can trust him. We may not be able to trust other people or situations or circumstances, but we can trust in the living God. His word is comfort to our very souls today. I pray it's comforting to you. The Lord was just ministering about the comfort of the scriptures. We we have gotten Christians get so busy and we get so overwhelmed and inundated that it chokes uh I think that's in Mark. I know my husband speaks a lot about that. Uh in Mark. Um bless him, bless him. Shout out to my loving husband. Um I love him dearly. And um he talks about um um the i think it's in uh, about the word and the word being uh choked choked because of all these cares of, of of life and what we have to understand is that the enemy the first thing the enemy wants to do is steal what thus says the lord he wants to steal the word of god out of your mind out of your heart and out of your hand because it says the sword of the spirit the sword that we have and um, our defenses is with the word. Amen? And so um, I don't know where exactly that is, but you can go back and find it about, you know, the word. 
and how we need to put the word first in our lives so that we can defeat the enemy's tactics. Because if you're thinking wrong thoughts, if you're not thinking God's thoughts, then what thoughts are you thinking would be the question I would have. You know, are you are you meditating on fear? Are you meditating on emotional, just spin tales? Then I would just say that you need to spend time in the Word and allow the Word to be what's coming out of you all, all the time, constantly. Amen. So, Lord, we just thank you for the Word. We thank you for the Bible study. We thank you that you just help us to focus back on what is so important to us. And so, Father, we thank you in advance, Lord. I thank you for your goodness and your mercies. And, Lord, I thank you for pathways that you're just going to show up and show strong, Lord God, in our areas of our lives and that you're going to help us, Lord God, understand what's so important, and that is to know you and to know your word, to know what you're saying, Lord God. You're speaking, you speak through your word. You do speak through signs and wonders, Lord God, and I thank you for all the ministry and all the things that we have done in this ministry so far, it just it just boggles the mind, Lord God, your uh, faithfulness towards us in this ministry, me and my husband. But, Father, more than that, Lord God, I thank you for the word. I thank you that we started in the word, you know, together as a couple, you know, in which we began to teach um, in the Bible study, Lord God. And I thank you that you just shine a light on that importance of the word, Lord God, as we just have our hearts burning towards you in the word. So, Father, I pray right now for those who are on the line who have really some challenging times, and sometimes those things don't go away. It's just, it's just, you know, and God's, it's a season for, and then God will just, it will just be lifted. All of a sudden, you just feel like you've been in the valley, and you've been in the valley for so long that you don't even think things are ever going to change, but God's just saying to you, that things will change. Things will change. Marriages are going to be restored. People's relationships, relationships in, in particular that have not been what they should have been, God is going to restore those relationships. God is in the business of healing everything, nothing, nothing broken in your life. And God is a God of that. If we would just hang on to Jesus and hang on to him and hold him dear, things will be different in our lives. And I, I just thank the Father for that because he is a He is a God of the miraculous, and sometimes he will test us with our natural senses in the sense that we can't see it in the natural. We can't see our way being a, a millionaire or a billionaire. And if we start saying, well, that will never be me, well, I always say to myself, if if it was somebody else that was walking, breathing, and and seeing just like I am on this earth, there's no difference in me and them. There's no difference in me and them. If so, if there's billionaires in the world, I can be one. If there's millionaires in the world, I can be one. You know, and so God is saying that he wants us to be fruitful. And he wants us to, it's okay to to be, uh, to have money. It's just that money doesn't need to have you. Amen. There's no saving grace in being broke and busted and disgusted and then can't rub two nickels together and then saying we're prosperous. No, something's missing with that. So I'm just praying for those who are in the area of finances. Just know that God has some tremendous things in store for you, and he wants you to be able to be a blessing. Look, if you have financial means available, I'm so glad in my lifetime that at times when somebody said they needed $20, I was able to give it to them and not blink an eye, not worry about, oh, I can't do that. 
So I thank God for even the small things when I've been able to contribute and share, you know, what God's given me, and and it's just been a blessing, even even in a small way. And a lot of people don't think about that. If you can if you can give and not it don't hurt your your bottom line, then you should really thank the Lord. It's just a blessing to be able to be able to give. Amen. It really is. So, Lord, I thank you that we become even more givers, that we become even more people who want to serve other folks, other people, Lord God, so that they will see the light of Jesus in our eyes, in our actions, Lord God, in our mouths, Lord God. Father, teach us to, to season our words with salt so that we don't bruise or rub or hurt or just offend, and we don't want to do that. If our heart doesn't want it, Lord, let our mouth line up with what our heart is, Lord God. Now, we're not going to be perfect, but we're striving to perfection. We're striving to sanctify our hearts and our minds and our mouth, Lord God. You said the tongue is a, 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 a just a, it can just be a lethal thing, Lord God. We don't want people to get hurt, bruised, or uh, just in any way, Lord God. So we just want to lift the people up who need healing, the people who today, Lord God, need an encouraging word. We're not here to rip down and tear up, Lord God. We're here to build up and heal the brokenhearted, heal those who are just, I can't take it anymore. You know, Lord, I pray that they will find strength in the scriptures and find comfort in the scriptures and find comfort in what you're saying and your heart through scripture. You're speaking over and over again. These it's a it's called a rhema word. It's a rhema word. It's a living word that we want to hear. We want to hear you know, anytime someone writes a letter, it's a it's words or grammar on a piece of paper. But it's their heart that we want to hear. So, Lord, I thank you that even as we do this Bible studies on Saturdays and Sundays, Lord God, it's your heart that we want to hear. We want to hear the beating, pulsating thoughts that you have towards us. We don't want to, excuse me, we don't want to be religious. We don't want to have a good exercise and hope that you're checking boxes and, well, I saw her go to Bible study. But I want my heart and the hearts of the people to be where you are, that we're just settling down and we want to drink from the well of Jesus because we know we're satisfied when we're drinking from your well. When we're drinking from your well, Lord God, we know we're satisfied. We know that you're going to do awesome things for us. And we thank you, Father, for that. And we honor you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. I thank you for healing in the body. Anybody's having any pain, Lord God, any pain in their body from the head to the from their head to their toes, Lord God, you are the healer. You are a restorer, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. I pray against any anxiety, any fear, any negative emotions, Lord God, any any area in their lives that's created negative emotions, I just rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. We decree and we declare wholeness right now. Father, anybody that may be grieving over a loved one that was lost, I rebuke unnatural grief, Lord God, sadness, and Lord God, and 
Lord, I, I thank you that they understand that you uh, are on the throne, Lord God, and that we all have our seasons, but we are living beings that will live forever. And we're already stepped out of um, death and hell into an eternal life with you the moment we said yes to Jesus. We're eternal beings. And you're going to give us a body that doesn't expire, Lord God. And it's an awesome thing to understand that and to wrap our heads around that and to be in that moment. Just for a moment, realize that you are going to live forever. And you're living forever right now. So there's no need for anxiety or fear about death because we have passed from death to life. Some of you need to meditate on that 100,000 times until it's in your psyche, until it's in your head, in your mind. So many Christians are fearful of death. What is there to fear if God has done the remedy for it? You you pass from death to life. You've accepted Jesus. He will greet you when you transition. It's sealed. There is no thinking beyond anything. So what does that do for you? It should produce a peace that what surpasses all what? Understanding in the in the human sense. See, humans want to figure out things, understand things. Look, in the scriptures, this you just have to accept it because it's God. He said it, and that settles it. We don't need to dispute it or or uh, wrap it. Oh, I need to. Un- no, you don't need. You need to understand that God said it, and He meant it, and it's true. Because in the in the scientific world, you could never. Understand what God is doing in the spirit world. You're just going to go down the wrong path. You're going to go down the wrong path. You cannot explain away a miracle. You'll never understand a miracle. So don't understand it. Just accept it and understand that God does miracles. You'll never understand a healing. Don't try to explain it away. Just accept it. And understand that God's a healer. Supernatural phenomenon where we can see into the spirit realm. If you go to a doctor, he'll probably put you on medication. So don't try to understand it. Just accept it. It's how God does business. And move on. So many of us want to get intellectual about stuff. And we don't even understand the enemy uses that against us. God didn't ask us to understand. He asked us to accept him. People will, some people will not, go to, will not see Jesus because they're trying to understand salvation. Look, he didn't tell us to understand salvation. He told you to accept the remedy for sin. He told you accept it. If you're trying to understand, you're going to go to hell. That's what you're going to go. You're going to go to hell trying to understand. Everything that's not for you to understand is to you accept it by faith. He said it. He said we had a sin issue. You need to accept it by faith and move on. 
But when we want to intellectualize everything, that's when we fail. And the enemy biggest trick, biggest trick in the world is try to intellectualize, try to intellectualize everything. Everything cannot be intellectualized. Some things are truly beyond our understanding. So we have to accept that. And we said, Lord, I love you because you love me. I don't need to understand. I don't. I don't never really would wrap my head around how you would love me that way, how you would choose to love me that way. But I thank you that you did. And so, Lord, we thank you that as we go searching for in your scriptures and in your love, that we just search for your heart and that we love you and know that you're love, loving us and that we are home, that we're comfortable, that we're not uh, feeling like we're inadequate adequate towards you, that we don't measure up. Lord God, we know that we're just at home in your heart and that you love us and that you want to do good by us and that you're here and you're looking us in the eye and say, I love you. I really do love you, and I love you enough to die for you, but I also love you not to, enough to not keep you the same, but that we're walking this out together. We're walking this out together. You're my son. You're my daughter. And I bestow on you this day riches, blessings, over and above just whatever it is that you need. It's just like the prodigal son. I believe that he just had issues with himself. He just didn't really know who he was. He didn't know he was a son. He didn't He didn't really grasp it all. He just. He just didn't want... To, to comply with what God was telling him, who he really was. And so he had to learn the hard way. And then the scripture says that he came to himself. I believe today that some people are coming to themselves. They say, whoa, what was I thinking about? But God is faithful. He really is. He is a lover of our souls. And even when we're not in the state that we can receive from him, he is still wooing us. That's love. Because he's not getting anything out of the game. Amen. It's all about him and all about his love. Father, I just lift a session up today. I pray that it is encouraging to the people here who are listening, that they understand that God just loves you just because. Have you ever heard somebody say that? And when they said it to you, it just it's like deflating something. You're like, I could just be myself. I can just I can just rest in this. I love you just because. Amen. And that's what God is saying today to those who are listening and to those who will be listening later. He just said, hmm, I love you just because. Just because I do. Amen. So I'm encouraging you, for those who would, would venture out tomorrow, we're going to have Bible study. We're going to go through and we're going to tackle Ephesians. It's going to be a tremendous time. You do not want to miss it. Grace Through Faith Worship Center, my husband, uh, the senior pastor of Grace Through Faith Worship Center, at 9.30 a.m. He's going to be doing praise and worship. They've been doing a phenomenal job. And um, we, and then we're going to go right into uh, the book of Ephesians and understanding what God has for us. Amen. God bless you.